Yo, it's showtime and go time. Let's get it. Live from the BiffNet Studios World Headquarters in Spring, Texas, it's Barry on Deck. Hosted by former ESPN Houston radio host and stand-up comedian, Barry Laminat. Starring Oliver the Cat. Written by Barry Laminat. Produced by Barry Laminat. Directed by, you guessed it, Barry Laminat. Featuring sports, entertainment, special guests, film sessions, and some drinking. Okay, a lot of drinking. Viewer discretion is advised. And now, here's your host, Barry Laminak. What's up, you damn dirty deckheads? Welcome to Barry on Deck. I am your host, Barry Laminak. Thank you guys for being here. Today is Wednesday, December 15, 2021, and this is episode number 385. Barry on Deck is always Barry on Deck, brought to you by the AP Law Group. If you have been injured in an accident, do yourself a solid. Call them, 713-913-GO-AP. Don't get taken advantage of. Don't get some of these weirdo attorneys that are out here yelling weird stuff at you, man. Call my guys Gilbert and Arsha. They're going to take care of you. No weirdness. Just good folks doing good work for people that are getting bullied by insurance companies. That's the AP Law Group. 713-913-GO-AP. Go AP or log on to APLawGroup.com. Hey, welcome to the program. Uh, Bad news off the rip, folks. Bad news. (laughs) In the arms of the angel. No Whisker Wednesday today. Katie was busy, didn't have time. They just took in 25 pups. So I saw Fidel with the chat message. Love Whisker Wednesday. Me too, buddy, but... Not today, fella. Not today. No Whisker Wednesday today. Uh, But plenty to get to. A lot of fun to be had on the program. We got to talk about the three-point guard. Steph Curry, that was a lot of fun seeing that last night. Um, We'll talk a little NBA. Look, I'll be honest with you. Rarely have I gone into a show ill-prepared. This is one of those days. It's probably going to be one of those weeks, folks, if I'm being honest with you. Normally, my rundown is scattered, littered, I say, with tons of topics, too many topics to get to. I just, I mean, I'm, I, it's light. It's light. So if you have like AMAAAs, let's go ahead and throw that up. Uh, where's my producer at? Oh, that's me. Um, <laughs> We'll do some AMAAAs if you have questions. You can ask me anything about anything, and I will answer it for you. Just put hashtag AMAAA at the beginning, and there we go. Um, so we'll get to that. Uh, stuff to get streamathon updates and um, fantasy updates, uh, show updates, and the coolest part of today. Hour number two, I will be joined by uh, Apollo Dez from the Apollo Media Group. So I'm very excited about that. I am looking forward to talking to Dez and seeing and uh, getting to know his journey and what they went through and where they're at and all the wonderful things they've done and built. So Apollo Dez joining me in hour number two. You won't want to miss that. That's going to be a lot of fun. He'll be here around three o'clock, talk to about 3.55 when we normally end the show. Until then, though. 
Y'all know what to do. We got to get to the greatest deckhead in the history of the world, at least for the next two hours. Yo, it's the inventor. It's the inventor of the Triple Crown. Jeff Bell winning the Triple Crown. First chat message. First super chat. Uh, first like on the video. Hey, you can't beat it. So Jeff Bell, buddy, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being the greatest, absolute greatest deckhead in the history of the world for like the next hour and 49 minutes. And then it's just regular ass Jeff Bell. And everyone's like, whatever, it's Jeff Bell. But for right now, it's, oh my God, it's Jeff Bell. And then, yeah, back to it. Uh, rest of the chat shapes up like this. Wallace Wills was number two. Joel, Joel, my guy, third. Let's get it, big boy. Joel was in here early. Truck driver Pookie was seventh because he can't count. Uh, Chris Reyes, Mr. 1% was here. Matt Poche and truck driver Pookie. And oh my God, uh, my sweet, sweet Donna. You guys, Donna is absolutely killing the game on the streamathon behind the scenes she is just we got new stuff added in the last couple of days and it's all thanks to donna and one other we'll get to it but donna is murking this streamathon absolutely killing it uh what's up uzi said look og triple crown yes it is is the inventor uh who else is here alan Dinson is here heartthrob is here what's up dude total dallas ajb mark g what's up hey mark uh, i hope you're better how did it go do we have the results of the MRI? You uh, you good? You're going to be okay, famo? John Dory and Justin Swimfer. What's up, dude? Who else is here? Joe Pro. I love when Joe Pro's live with us. I love that. Makes me feel good. Jen, my sweetheart, thank you so much for being here. Uh, who else? Won't be long, Joe Pro, before 90 is normal for December. Yeah, that does suck. Uh, Uriel Villanueva, what's up, dude? Good to have you here as well. Thank you for joining us. Terrence, what's up, dog? Good to see you, buddy. Ray, my bro-in-law. Good to have you here, my friend. Tell the guys I said hello. Uh, Cece. Miss G- Man, Cece has so much vacation time. She's about to take another one. See, y'all, you got to school Rob on the whole thing. Rob in the chat, so smoking gooder. Uh, he said, am I early or is Barry late? No, Barry's always late. It's it's always Barry's late. That's the, that's the just assume if this show doesn't start at 2 o'clock, it's, it's, it's 100, 100% Barry's late. So just me. Um, who else is here? Keith Sager, what's up, dude? Cherry, what's up, sweetie? Lisa, real, real in the building. Uh, who else? I got Uzi. I got Alan Denson. Frederick, what up, dude? I, I will uh, I will get to that. I'll put that in the AMAAAs, even though you didn't ask it that way. What up, Walt? Good to have you here, homie. Uh, who else? Who else? Who else? Cisco, hi from hi. Catch on the replay. Love you, buddy. Uh, Cece with the super chat. Thank you, sweetie. She said, please say hi to Linda and Carmen, my coworkers. Linda and Carmen, welcome to the show. Linda, I have heard some amazing things about you, Linda. I have heard Cece has talked so wonderfully about you, Linda. Uh, Carmen, on the other hand, not so much. She's kind of dogging you a little bit, Carmen. She bad-mouthed you a little bit. She's like, I don't know, she showed up with a fever blister one day. It's a whole thing. I, I, her words, not mine, Carmen, but Linda, you're welcome to the show. Uh, Carmen, if we see each other, just kind of fist bump from a distance, but Linda hugs it, hugs it up, girl. Welcome to the program. Just kidding, ladies. I love you both. If your friends are CC's, your friend of mine. Demon said Barry has only been on time only twice. <laughs> hey, fuck you, Demon. Okay. That was, I'm sorry, ladies. I don't normally curse like that. I totally do. I apologize. 
Uh, but chat, make Linda and Carmen feel welcome to the show. Um, Mark said, I haven't heard back about the MRI. Uh, where'd it go? Uh, I'm going to call them later. The wrist is improving. Still getting back pain. Well, hang in there, buddy. What's up, Charles Garza? Good to see you in the chat. Nice to have you here, buddy. <laughs> Just a goddamn, Barry. Y'all know how we do, okay? You can't, you cannot turn me over to the GP, to the gen pop, to the general public. You can't do that and just think everything's going to be smooth. That's not how this has ever, ever worked. Also, watch out for Carmen. Uh, Amos, <laughs> what's up, Amos? Amos said, I'm almost positive CC is a drug dealer. Nobody has that much PTO. <laughs> response to out of grown folk business amos get your ass up out my business oh that's so funny that's so funny um the model said hello linda and carmen everybody's saying hi to linda and carmen good stuff good stuff all right let's get to the show y'all know how we do um we'll start with sports just in case some of you were like you don't ever start with sports uh shut the hell up we're gonna start with sports so let's do the headlines first Here are your sports headlines for the day. Uh, Bad news, Cowboy fans. If Jerry Jones is saying it, it must be true, right? Uh, Jerry Jones admitted that Dak Prescott's in a bit of a slump right now, and that's okay. Listen, folks, Dak Prescott, um, you ride with him, you die with him. He'll work it out. He'll figure it out. Uh, Some of that could be play calling. Some of that could just be slumping. He might have some injuries that they're masking. Uh, but don't lose faith in Dak, all right? Just because he's in a bad way right now, there's no reason to lose faith in Dak Prescott. Be, uh, yeah, Total Dallas said slump buster. That's called the Giants. It might be. It actually might be. Um, Lane Kiffin called this new name, image, likeness, free agency for college football. I mean, Okay. Listen, I know a lot of these coaches are like, this is just ridiculous. People are transferring for more money at other schools. Oh, you mean like the coaches do? You mean these grown adults that could serve our country in the military are actually being able to make decisions on their own for financial reasons as opposed to being oppressed and just being told, hey, you're getting a college scholarship, so you should just like it because we're going to make millions and you're going to get a job in insurance when this is over with? Go fuck yourself, coaches and schools that are upset about the way this is going. No one gives a shit that you're mad that the players who, by the way, year in and year out, are the face of college football and make you all your money. Nobody should be upset that these cats are able to choose where they play and for how much. Don't give a shit. I'm sorry that that bothers you. It's where we're at. Sorry. That's where we're at. Sorry, not sorry. Eat a Snickers or Reese's or whatever. Um, the Nets are down to eight active players due to COVID tests, and they still won. They still won. In OT, Durant just like, get on my little skinny back with the little BDBs on the neck, and let's go. They did their thing, though. No Harden. He's on the protocol. Uh, they did have Patty Mills, so you got that going on, which is nice. Lakers have discussed moving Russell Westbrook. So you can say it's going well in LA, huh? <laughs> All right. Uh, it's, listen, it, 
they're like sixth in the West right now, averaging 111 a game, which is great, but it's not translating into wins. And the Lakers said, hey, look, we'd love to have Ben Simmons. What if we traded Russ for Ben Simmons? We could make the, the numbers match. And the Sixers were like, oh, we're good, fam. Um, which is a little surprising because that's Daryl Morey, and he's the one that brought in Russell Westbrook into Houston to work with James Harden. You don't have James Harden there. Um, kind of interesting, though. Kind of interesting. But they said, that nah, we're good. We don't want Russ. I don't think... I Russ is such a, a weird thing. Russ is like... I don't know how to describe what Russ is. Russ is like a guy that he's got all the potential and the star power in the world, but for some reason he's never really meshed or gelled with the right people. Now, when him and KD and Harden were in OKC, it was one thing, but since that time, it's just never been the same. KD wanted out. Russ wanted to be Batman and not Robin. It's just this weird, whole weird thing. And uh, sorry, I, my phone is connected and I'm just getting text. Uh, I, I, I don't know what to make for Russ. I really don't know. I don't know if he's ever going to be a guy that is a serious contender. When you look what happened in OKC, they move Russ, they get Chris Paul, and they were better for it. Russ goes to Houston to team up with Harden. They don't do it. I don't know, man. I don't know what to think about Russ. Too much of a ball hog, I guess. That's the problem. Too much of a ball hog. Uh, a couple more headlines, then I'm going to get to your chat messages because I see y'all referencing. Remember, put hashtag AMAAA if you want to ask me a question, and I will answer it. Uh, OJ Simpson officially done with parole. Hide your wife, hide your kids, because they're killing everybody out here. Uh, yeah, OJ's done. Congratulations? I don't know. Uh, Kevin James is playing Sean Payton in a new movie, or excuse me, a new Netflix series. The series is about when Sean Payton was barred from the NFL and he went and coached high school. And the question is, do they even look alike? I, let's see. Kevin James. I know he's kind of a chunky monkey. And then Sean Payton. Let's see them side by side. That's Adam Sandler. Yeah, that's not even close. That's not even close. He's doing the little squinty thing, but here we go. I've got I've got to photo. I have a photo. Save this to my folder. Uh yeah, you guys, this isn't this isn't good. Let, let me pull this up here. Let's go. Uh, mm, sorry. Boy, it'd be great to have a producer. <laughs> All right, this is Kevin James and Sean Payton side by side. What do we think, chat? No. No. This is nothing. This is not. No. That's not. Shut up, Tony. Tony goes identical. Bitch, in what world is the fat guy and the old skinny-ish guy? Like, no, 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 no. I mean, they tried. Who, who, what celebrity would you get to play Sean Payton? What celebrity would you get? Um, Jose said, I guess all the good scripts are gone. 
Fidel said at 1440p they look the same. No, no, that's not how that's not how that works. That's not how that works at all. At all. Frederick said Kevin James's ass. I mean, I liked King of Queens. I thought that was probably Who could you get to play Kevin James? I mean, not Kevin James. Uh Sean Payton. Let's see. Uh if I Google Sean Payton. This is too this is too much work. I tried to. Yeah, that don't I don't know who he would be. You can't get Paul Blart Mall Cop to play Sean Payton head coach. That's not the same. Tom Cruise, shut up, truck driver Pookie. Amos says Sean ain't that slim no more. Ah, <laughs> uh, you're a hater. You're a hater. Ryan Seacrest, he gets all the jobs. No, CC, we're not putting Ryan Seacrest. I just want to know. Uh, let me let me see if I can capture. If I if we run Sean Payton's photo, let me copy image address. Let's do a Google search. Just on. I'm gonna use that. Uh, oh. 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 This this is weird. This is weird. Okay. Let me hold on. Here we go. Let me share this because this is kind of weird here. I don't I don't know how I feel about this. I don't know how I don't even know if there's any celebrities in here, but there's other coaches that it pulled up, but I don't know. It's not doing. Okay. Yeah. It's not pulling up celebrities. It's just pulling up other coaches that are kind of in the same. Okay. Yeah. Forget it. Never mind. There's no celebrities in here. I wish there was like an app we could Dana Carvey. <gasps> Mark, that's genius, buddy. Dana Carvey would be a good one. Sean Penn. Uh, no, I'm not feeling that Jose. Sean Penn doesn't look anything like I like the Dana Carvey. Mark Harmon is a pretty good one too. Mark Harmon. Pretty good. CC said Joel Blank could do it. You think Joel? I don't think Joel looks anything. That says the Grinch. I don't think Joel looks anything like Sean Payton whatsoever. <laughs> Walt said, Barry, get a visor and pay us to take out the competition. <laughs> do you think, I don't look anything like Sean Payton. He's a much more handsomer guy than me. There's, I, don't, I don't think I look anything like that, dude. Uh, all right, let's go back to chat a little bit. I missed some of your stuff. Dak needs a slump buster. Dak should call Nick Shirawa for a slump buster. Uh, can a mod time out the stream elements? What's it doing? What is the stream elements doing? Oh, yeah, it's a thing. Uh, is it a slump or was it a spike in play? Oh, stop it, Rob. You dirty rat, you. Uh, loving the brand rep on the t-shirt. Oh, yeah, that's my dude. That's my guy, Todd, out at Hop Scholar. Love me some Hop Scholar, sabbatical. Um, yeah, both of those. Matt said, I was at Hop Scholar last night. That place is great. Love me some Hop Scholar. They are advertisers. We just have to get the uh, the verbiage done. But, yeah, we're going we're gonna to be, it's been months now that he paid. We just need to get the verbiage done. Cece said, ooh, nice hairs cut, Barry. Oh, thank you. Went to J-Row today, got that done. I, was, I mentioned this on my story. The only thing better than getting a, a haircut from J. Rowe is the conversation that we have in the barbershop. Today, today's conversation at the barbershop was about two things in particular. One 
Are white boys now into booty like black dudes are into booty? Because in the old days, I couldn't have said that any whiter either. In the old days, white dudes were like titty dudes. It was like white dudes didn't care about ass. Back, you know, in the 90s, ass wasn't a thing for white dudes. But now it feels like J-Roll was like, no, I'm pretty sure white dudes are into ass now. And so his wife was like, I don't know, ask Barry. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I'm so flattered. I'm your go-to white guy resource. This is so nice. It's good to be a black guy's go-to white guy resource. It uh, it says it's it's special for us white guys. Um, But I said, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think that the internet and the gram and everybody seeing ass and what ass the potential of ass has probably flipped a lot of folks asian dudes are probably into ass now because of instagram white dudes hispanics persians i don't know we italians are in anything italians are weird they'll 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 stick it in a belly button they don't care um but i was like yeah i would say that the numbers have changed in a way to where it used to be like um I'm sorry, I'm looking for the AMAAs while I'm talking. It used to be like 30% of the white guys that I knew in high school were into ass. Now I'd say it's like 60. So I said, you know, 30 to 40. Now it's like 60 to 70. There's still some white dudes that just like, give me titties or give me death. But there's a lot of white dudes into ass now. So uh, yeah, the numbers have definitely skewed and I blame social media. Fidel asked for a shoe check. Because I'm because I'm rocking the gray, I'm rocking the uh, the jeweled out. Um, oh, I need to clean those. I got some funk on them. I need to clean all my my kicks. I'm rocking the uh, Air Max, my favorites. These are literally my favorite shoes. I'll tell you why I bought these. Um, this is gonna sound really stupid. I saw Eminem wearing them during an interview. And it was back in the day when I was buying shoes every week. And I saw them and I was like, those are some fresh ass Air Max. Uh, I need those in my life. And I spent months, months hunting for these shoes, found them and paid way too much money for them. But Irma Gerd, I love them. These are some of my favorite shoes in my collection. My very small, humble collection. Uh, all right, by the way, AMAA, you see that right there. If you want to ask me a question, it could be anything. You can ask me a question. Just put hashtag AMAAA in the chat, and I will answer your question as best I can. Don't ask me no weird shit. Don't ask me about me and my wife's sex life or no weird shit like that. I'll just tell you to go fuck yourself. Um, Damian Lewis was a suggestion. I don't know who that is. Dana Carvey could be Sean Payton. Okay, that's pretty good. Church lady, my buddy Ross. Oh, yeah. Everybody knows Ross. Ross probably got what he got from Carmen, I'm guessing. Huh? Okay. That's inappropriate, Carmen. I'm sorry. We love you. I apologize. Is the link still not working? Probably not. I didn't fix it. Okay. That's that's on me. Ass man, tit man, who cares? Have fun. Okay. Okay. I've always been an ass guy. Well done, Mark. Well done indeed. 90% of the time... Heartthrob says 90% of the time, give me titties or give me death, but I will love a nice ass. Okay. Okay. I think everybody, everybody respects 
a nice gluteus maximus, right? Everybody sees like uh, one of the names that came up in the barbershop was Jen Selter. Race be damned. You're just like, that's a nice booty. And I think it's not in a sexual way, although let's call it what it is. It's sexual. But at the same time, you can scroll through Instagram and go, oh, good for her. I don't know if those are implants or just a lot of hours at the gym, but good for her. She's she's well equipped. And uh, you just admire and go, Psh, go on, white girl. I tell you what, the unicorn is Asians, man. You get an Asian with a big booty? Um, Fidel said Barry speaks on behalf of the white delegation. I do. At the barbershop, uh, I have to represent for the white boys. There are questions that come up. Black people have questions about white people, just like white people have questions about black people. And so I try to be the intermediary because I have a toe in both worlds. <laughs> Sorry, that's fucking ridiculous. Um... What? Is that true, Justin Swinford? I need somebody to fact check that, even though you're kind of like the de facto producer. Uh, I mean, I have several, obviously. Um, but yeah, uh, that'd be. I need to validate that. Let me look it up. But that'll be interesting. Was it an injury? It looked like, uh, is it head-related, neck-related? Because in Monday night's game, you saw D-Hop go up for a ball late. Double coverage in the back of the end zone. Slams his head against the back of the uh, turf. Doesn't catch the touchdown, by the way. Comes up, holds the back of his head, and then can be seen kind of bent over on the sidelines on his knees. So I'm wondering if it's a head or neck thing. Interesting. Uh, Rob said, have they seen your high school prom photos? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Legendary. Legendary. Of course. Absolutely. Um... Knee injury, what? Yeah, okay, so we'll see what it is. Ankle sprain, really? That's not even close to what happened in the game. Go back and watch the game. He hit his head on the turf. Um, but they're saying ankle sprain. But who the hell's out for a year with an ankle sprain? See, this is why This is why I don't like news from the chat. He's. It's not his knee, it's his ankle. It's not his ankle, it's his knee. It's not his head, it's neither. Okay. Somebody get me Adam Schefter on the phone. Adam, will you come to a show for a guy you don't know? It's just a rando in Houston that's just, you know, doing shit. Cool. Thanks. Just some rando. Just pop on by. Uh, over here on the Podbean, we've got seven folks listening. What's up to Jared Taylor and Truck Driver Pookie and Chill Will. What's up, dude? Uh, Titan Hugo, KD, and Mr. 1% Chris Reyes. So good to see everybody over there. I haven't even activated the uh, Facebook yet. That's my bad, Mr. Reyes. I won't see your Facebook messages. I'll activate that right now. Working on it. There we go. Okay. Those should pop up now. Cool. Uh, don't forget hour number two. Going to be joined by Apollo Dez. Talking all things Apollo Media and the shirts and the, 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 the momentum they've built and how cool it is. So, um, yeah, that'll be a fun hour to stick around for that. We do still have a lot to get to. Um, what is that? He got his period. He'll be fine in a week or two. Oh, okay. So let's get to, let me see here. What do I have in my list? All over the place. Let's talk about last night. <clears throat> What's up, Wallace? My bad. <laughs> Wallace was like, about time, Barry. Jeez, I've been over here commenting my life away on Facebook. I know, man. I forget, Wallace. It's my bad. Uh, Jose said, there are no reports out about this. I no longer trust the chat. You have lost my respect. 
See? You see? And that's a Cardinal fan right there. Did you see the head thing, though? That was pretty bad, Jose. Uh, all right. Let's do an AMAAA. View the queue. First one was, well, Frederick asked, and this is a good lead-in. But Frederick said, uh, what up, B? How was the show last night? Did you get a chance to talk to Mick Foley? Uh, absolutely. Um, hung out quite a bit in the green room. So, you know, I, everything you've heard about Mick Foley being a nice guy is 100% true. Just the nicest dude ever. Um, you know, he knows how he wants his show to go. He's got his rules and stipulation. Had to work clean. No race jokes. No no jokes about women. Um and I'm like, well, I'm out of jokes, buddy. I don't know what to tell you. I can do some goddamn knock-knock jokes. Hey, knock-knock, who's there? Not me with any jokes. Because the list is... No, he was great. Uh, we had a good time. And um, a lot of people were like, well, I didn't know Mick Foley. I didn't know Mankind did stand-up. He doesn't. And that's what I love about what he's doing. Is Mick Foley really and truly is just renting out the improv to do to tell stories and do Q and a because that's basically what his show is. So I went up and did 10 minutes of material. That's it. I did 10 minutes and I said, okay, you know, we're going to bring up Mick. Don't no cameras, no videos. Don't be an asshole and yell out the end to stories and talk during the show. This is, you know, he's just got a bunch of, and what he does is he doesn't tell jokes. He doesn't come up and be like, hey, <laughs> so I'm flying in. Boy, am I, I just flew in from Vegas and boy, are my eyes. He doesn't do any of that shit. He tells stories about wrestling, uh, whether it was over in Japan or here with WWE or whatnot, wherever else he was. He talks about different wrestlers and all these things. And if you're a fan of his, one, you're going to be in the building. And two, that's what you're there for. You're not there to hear Mick Foley do political jokes. No one gives a shit about that. People want to know, like, what was the origin of Sako? When did you come up with it or how or why? Or, you know, they want to know, like, one guy asked a question last night. What was going through your mind during the Hell in the Cell match when you were flying in the air off of the top of the cage? So that's what this was, was... Mick Foley telling stories and then a Q&A. So we are, um, what's up, David? Good to have you here, buddy. Um, <laughs> David said, yeah, it's like every time I come into the chat, it's just you and me. That's funny. Yeah, listen, David, there's not a lot of folks over there on Facebook. Everybody's on YouTube. I know you feel like I'm just talking to like three people. I mean, it's almost that bad when you compare this to like the Pat McAfee show, but we're holding our own here, David. Okay. About 300 views a day when all is said and done. So it's just not Facebook. It's all over. Um, anyways, backstage with Mick Foley, I'm sitting in the green room. We're chit chatting and we're just going over the plan for the evening and I'll get you an extra, you know, stool for whatever. Oh, 52,000 on YouTube. That's great. That's great. Five on Facebook. We're blowing up. We're taking over. We're going to crash their servers. Oh, boy, you better not fuck around. Let me get to 10. Anyways, so I'm backstage. We're in the green room talking to Mick Foley. And the one of the club managers comes in and he's like, uh, Bryson, he goes, hey, there's a guy out here with some lady. And uh, 
He says he knows you. And Mick's like, okay. Because, you know, I'm sure he gets that a lot. Tell him one time he sweated it on me in Calgary. And I, we're like BFFs. Please do me anything. I just want to touch the gap in his teeth. So Mick goes, well, cool. What's his name? And he said, he said to tell you MVP. And Mick was like, MV, like the MVP? And the guy was like, Bryson was like, I don't know. I don't think Bryson knew wrestling. I'll be honest, I don't know wrestling as of late. I, I watched Mick Foley when he was with the Rock and Sock Connection. That was the last time I was really into wrestling and loved it. Loved the Rock and Sock Connection, Stone Cold, The Undertaker, all that shit. Um, so I really didn't, I wasn't aware. I mean, I had heard of MVP, but I wasn't like aware, aware of MVP. So Mick goes, is he a big guy? Is he like a big and Bryson goes, yeah, he's, he's pretty stout. He goes, oh, my God, send him in. And so the door opens, and it's MVP. And Mick's like, oh, my God. And MVP's like, oh, my God. And then they hug. And, and he was like, dude, I didn't know you were in town. Mick says that. And MVP goes, I didn't know you were in town. I saw something. It popped up. I was like, holy cow, we got to get out there, go see my buddy Mick. And so Mick, after his show, after he tells his stories for 45 minutes or an hour, he does a Q&A afterwards. And uh, he goes, well, would you join me for Q&A to MVP? And MVP's like, sure, I'll go up there and we can do it together. So he's like, cool. So Mick Foley, MVP, Q&A at the Improv after Foley's show. It was pretty dope. It was very cool. And can I just tell you, for the record, both of these guys, not just Mick, but while he was on stage, MVP and I were in the green room talking a little bit, a delightful human being. Both of them could not have been nicer to me or the people around us, the people that worked there, um, the fans, uh, just two amazingly nice human beings. Didn't have to be, don't have to be. And uh, yeah, it was really cool to meet both of them and, and get to hang out with them and all that. Um, Heartthrob said, I wrestled on a show with MVP Blind Galveston a few years back. Got to sit and listen to him talk some with the younger guys. He's awesome. Great dude. Absolutely a great guy. And we were even talking about the parallels between comedy and wrestling because he was like, yeah, you know, wrestling, man. He's like, with the, everything you hear about Mick Foley is 100% true. He literally is the nicest guy I've ever met in a business full of scumbags and assholes and people that'll treat you like shit just to get ahead. He's, and I was like, Oh, are you talking about comedy? And he was like, no, but then we talked about the parallels between wrestling and comedy and trying to come up and work in the road and just trying to get a shot on all these things. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was really cool to talk to some guys in their profession that, you know, are beloved and all that. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> uh Dandy Dan said, man, Barry did a QA with Britt Baker and Christian and now gets to chill with Mick Foley and MVP. I mean, I'm pretty much a wrestle guy now, right? I'm pretty much a wrestler. I mean. <sighs> oh, what? <sighs> I would need like a name. Um if Terry, if if uh Chris Reyes, if Terry Taylor could be the red rooster, maybe I could be the white dork. I don't know. I guess. Um, I loved wrestling as a kid though. Oh my God. I literally wanted to be the rock and roll express. Me and my buddy, we just knew we were going to grow up and be the rock and roll express. And now those dudes look methed out like crazy. Mm, super cracked out. 
Mark G said, Mick was at his peak when I stopped watching. Always liked him. Yeah. And the stories he told were outstanding. I loved it because that was the last time I was into wrestling. So he's telling those stories. So it was very, very cool. Um, very cool. So that's what went down with Mick Foley last night. One guy got thrown out. Uh, it was kind of wild. So I'm, I'm like, I volunteered. I said, here's what I'll do while you're doing the Q and a, we got a wireless mic instead of them just shouting out their questions. I'll walk the crowd and just take the mic and let them. Uh, okay. Well, there's one guy kept screaming shit out. So Foley would do something and he would just yell something out. And it was just like, even during the show, he was yelling out things during my set. He yelled out some stuff like right away. Like I started, he yelled something. I was like, all right, you're going to have to shut up. And you know, I don't play. Just be quiet. Let me do my thing. Um, but he kept talking and talking. And finally, unfortunately Mick, and you could tell he didn't want to do it, but he's like, dude, you've got to go. Like, you're just being rude and crass and interrupting, and you're ruining this show for everybody. He said, all these people here worked very hard this week. He goes, folks, you guys work hard for your money. They all paid. They just want to be in the room in a positive light and enjoy the show. And, da, da, da. and I mean, as far as getting thrown out, no one's ever nicer been thrown out than this guy with Mick Foley. But the guy wouldn't leave. He goes, all right, all right, all right. And Mick said, no, guy, I just want you to go. You know, you can stay. Just go in the back of the room, but I can't have you up here shouting out. The guy was like, no, 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 I'm cool. And Mick Foley's like, no, dude, you got to go. You, you just you just need to go to the back. Just go to the back. And he goes, well, that's my ride with me at the table. And the guy at the table was like, like I'm not in this. I'm not leaving. I'm staying, bro. I'm staying. So... Mick was like, dude, just please do me a favor. Just just go to the back. Oh, my bad. Is it better? Did the mic get low? We good? Test, test. Test, test. Better, better. Okay, I just saw the volume dropped. Okay. All right, I got it. I got it. I got it. All right. So there's no way to lock these dials in. That was weird. Um, so Mick Foley throws the guy out, and he's but he won't leave. And there's a cop there. And I don't know why the cop is there, but there's a cop in the building. There's never a cop at the improv, well, that I see anyways. Sorry, I got hair down my back from the haircut. So this guy is like, Mick's like, go to the back. He's like, I can't. He's like, go to the back. He's like, I don't want to leave. He's like, just please go to the back. So the cop goes over there and grabs the guy by the arm and starts to stand him up. And the guy starts to stand up and then he pulls back. Um... No, I didn't drop it again. Matt, seriously, don't fuck with me. If the mic is working, let me finish the goddamn story. Okay, I'm not finishing the story. I don't want to finish. Oh, my God. How do you get heckled in your own goddamn chat? All right, we're on. We're on to something else. Can't finish the fucking story. Uh, all right, let's do fantasy updates. We got some time. We got about 15 minutes before the top of the hour when we'll be joined by Apollo Dez. I know that's the whole point. Just... Fuck it. Uh, all right, let's get a couple AMAAAs in. We'll do the fantasy update and we'll roll. Cherry's got an AMAAA. If you can only taste one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? Victory. Um, I, <laughs> That's a really good question. <sighs> my inclination, my first instinct was to say peanut butter. I love peanut butter. Um... 
if I could only taste one thing the rest of your life. Damn. I got, I guess I'm, you know, the other thing that's popping into my mind is like, um, like a fruit and not because you're named cherry cherry, but like, I, I don't know, like, I don't know. This is a lot of pressure. Mashed potatoes don't have taste. Butter sounds disgusting. Steak, steak or ribeye steak. I don't know that I would want to walk around tasting a ribeye steak all day. That would be gross. That'd be too much. Be too greasy. Damn it. I don't know the answer. I'm gonna go peanut butter. I don't know what else to say. That's a really, really difficult question to answer. Justice Swiffer did how to go last night at the improv. Okay, so we've gotten to that. We can take that down. Um, Mark G said, when is your next show at Hop Scholar? Representing January 22nd. Jesse Payton will be headlining. I haven't got the feature act yet, but um, yeah. January 22nd, Jesse Payton will be headlining. So we got that. Uh, AMAAA, best venue you've ever worked, not because of the audience, but the place itself. Like the staff and stuff? That's a good question, Frederick. I I don't know, man. A lot of these places are great. Like I love I love the improv. Uh I, you know what? I'll say it. I'll say it. Uh the hyenas in Fort Worth, Texas is the best venue venue just where comedy occurs. I love that place so much. I mean, if you if you don't murder in that room you just shouldn't be a comic it's just the most amazing room in the state of texas maybe one of the best rooms in the country but it's the hyenas comedy club in fort worth texas uh that's a good question last one amaaa from truck driver pookie what's the cutoff time on the raffle tickets uh when the shit gets raffled so if you 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 can buy tickets up until the raffle so you can do them today tomorrow friday whenever but you can get raffle tickets all the way up into that. If it's a targeted item, once it's gone, obviously you can't buy any more raffle tickets, but you'll buy general tickets all the way up until the last thing is gone. So, uh, good question there. Okay, now let's get back to it. Uh, I could eat pizza all day, every day. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <sighs> See, I thought about Diet Coke. I thought about Diet Coke. Yeah, I thought about it. Uh probably probably the correct answer you know what i mean <laughs> no that's not how that story ends at all cc <laughs> you're hilarious i swear to god uh last maa then we gotta do fantasy updates to get to the break so apollo des can join me in hour number two weren't we supposed to do the recording at hyenas oh i thought about it i thought about it by the way the booker literally just emailed me this morning and said, hey, you free June 2nd, 3rd, and 4th? And I was like, maybe so, fam. But I really want to record my album here in Houston in front of my friends and family um, and Tony. <laughs> Tony, you didn't deserve that. I love you, you handsome son of a bitch. Uh, AMAAA, have you ever given Coke Zero a chance? Didn't like it. I don't like the taste of Coke anymore or the smell. The powdery, it just smells disgusting. Um, just kidding. I don't do Coke. Uh, no, I just don't like the taste of regular Coke, regular Dr. Pepper. What is this? What the fuck is going on on my phone? Why am I getting spam? Station 71 Salon? I don't 
don't know this shit. Oh my god. Yeah, I got to Station Seventy One Salon. Jero better not have changed the name to Current Cuts. From Current Cuts to Station Seventy One Salon. Okay, it's enough. Let's get to the uh, let's get to the fantasy updates we have because they are first of all. Fancy updates are brought to you by Dan Seafood and Wings. Folks, if you want the best seafood in the city of Houston, hands down, put them down. Pencils down, test is over. The answer is Dan Seafood and Wings. That's it. Two locations for you. There's one on the northeast side on Uvalde Road, which is my go-to. That's my home, Dan's. Uh, and then the southwest side on South Gessner, if you want to put some Dan's in your mouth on the south side. But both places have the same menus. You need not worry. If you're wondering what's on that menu, just go to eatatdans.com. That's the website. That's the locale online. And uh, you can see everything about Dan's Seafood and Wings right there. You can follow them on Instagram and see all the food that they have. And I'm telling you right now, it's like don't go to the grocery store when you're hungry. Don't get on IG and look at Dan's Seafood and Wings, uh, eat at Dan's Instagram account if you're hungry because you will be you'll be star. It'll it'll it's gonna it it does bad things to your body. I'm telling you, the food is amazing. The food looks amazing on their IG. But if you love wings, if you love my favorite is like I like their uh, their shrimp po' boy. Because it's hard to find a good shrimp pole boy in the city of Houston. Dan's has a great shrimp pole boy. They have great lo mein. Cisco, who's out there in the hill country, loves the lo mein at Dan's. Loves it. Nora got it because Cisco said to get it. We hadn't tried it yet. Nora got it. And her and my sister-in-law, Nancy, were like, oh, this lo mein is legit. So if you want some of the best seafood, food, wings, you name it, they've got it. And it's amazing. Go check them out online. Eatatdans.com is the website. Eat at dans.com whatever you do make sure you put some dans in your mouth all right now speaking of dans it is time to get to fantasy updates courtesy of dan seafood and wings over in the bzh league eric resendez beat amos 191 to 82 that's an ass whooping of epic proportions bzh beat uh josh 125 to 117 god damn brandon gary 176 points would you go get the 72 Dolphins? Damn, Jeff Bell, that's a, you took a natural ass whooping, my dude. 176 to 113. Ryan Garris, that's incarnate. He beat Titan Hugo 157 to 127. And the king, Robert Likes Beer, king of the decades, beat Jared Taylor 90 to 88 in the, well, at least we tried bowl. Uh, your standings now. Brandon Gary over there, 12 and 2. Eric Resendez, 10 and 4. BZH, 9 and 5. Titan Hugo, 6 and 8. Playing like his Titans. And then Jared Taylor is 3 and 11. Uh, Incarnate is 10 and 4. Josh, 7 and 7. Amos and Robert Likes Beer, 5 and 9. Jeff Bell, the slow white Bronco, bringing up the rear at 3 and 11. All right. uh, Over in the Big Firm Deck League. Matt Pochet, the story runner, 174. Walt, what happened? Walt, you're falling apart, buddy. 86. Wow, you got your ass whooped. Look at look at truck driver Pookie scoring 184. No wonder you wanted fantasy updates. No wonder his ass wanted fantasy updates. 184 to 66. Shock is shock is awful. Shock is awful. Totally awful. Uh, D-Mod 125, House 94. D-Mod has never played fantasy in his life. House sucks at fantasy, and there's the results. Fidel 127, KD 91, White Magic 114, Drew 113, and a close one there. Uh, your standings now, Truck Driver Pookie 8 and 6, Walt and Drew at 7 and 7, House at 6 and 8, and KD at 5 and 9. 
Mapoche eight ten and four, Fidel nine and five, Shock White Magic and Dimata all at six and eight. That's a that's a it's a pretty shitty league if we're all being honest here. It's a pretty bad league. It's pretty bad. Uh, all right, league number three, the Raggedy Bitches League. Uh, Sylvia, big points, big big points. Beat up Mister One Percent Chris Reyes, one sixty three to one twelve. I do love the name though, the San Antonio Love Your Blues. Love it. Uh, but they lost. He lost one sixty three to one twelve. B Mark beat up on Cisco, one twenty six to eighty five. That's a pretty nice little ass whooping too. Dandy Dan, one oh six. Christopher Mina, sixty nine. Very nice. Mark G, 153. Lil Uzi, 123. Mark playing better than his Bears, at least. Mikey C, 140. Keith Sager, 86. Stick to Long Talk, buddy, because you suck at fantasy. Uh, all right, your standings. Uh, Mr. 1%, Chris Reyes, 8 and 6. Cisco, 7 and 7. Damn, does anybody want to make the playoffs in these leagues? Uzi, 5 and 9. Keith Sager, 5 and 9. Christopher Mina, 4 and 10. Over in the West, Mikey C is 10 and 4. Sylvia! Nine and five. Danny Dan, eight and six. And B Mart and Mark G, seven and seven each. And finally, in the uh, best Dex League uh, managed by Clarence, uh, Black Sheep beat Lisa, the real, real, 130 to 97. Clarence is just absolutely destroying everybody. Beat CC. Sorry about that, CC. 174 to 90. Uh, PP Dubs beat Uriel Villa in a wave of 153 to 144. Uh, Total Dallas beat John Wesley 123 to 117. And I, I, yours truly, I'm so sorry about that pink Valkyrie. I don't even think she's changing her teams. I don't even think she's checked in on this league at all. 158 to 53. I beat her by 100 points, you guys. 105 points. That is a naturalized ass whooping. So over in the East, Clarence is ten and four. Uh, Total Dallas nine and five. I'm eight and six. Real Reels five and nine. PP Dubs five and nine. In the West, Uriel Villanueva nine and five. CC eight and six. John Westling seven and seven. Pink Valkyrie five and nine. And Black Sheep four and ten. All right. Oops. Here's your fantasy updates. Okay, we got to get to a break. Joining me in hour number two on the other side of this break. Uh, you know him. You love him. If you're in the city of Houston, did I miss the playoffs? I don't know. I don't know. I, I need to see the playoff bracket. I guess we'll do playoffs tomorrow. Playoffs? Playoffs? Talk about playoffs? Um. Oh, too many finals for her this week. Oh, that sucks. Well. Good for me. <laughs> um, all right, so on the other side of this break, Apollo Dez is going to join me. Look for that. That's going to be fun. We're just going to hang out, kick it. I'm, I've always been interested in how they got started and what they do, so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the T-shirt game. We'll talk about the media game, uh, podcasts and blogs and vlogs and all the stuff that they do. Um, yeah, so we're just going to find out the whole story behind the Apollo Media Group, talking to Apollo Dez in hour number two. We'll be back right after this. Don't go anywhere. We got tons of show left. A lot of fun to be had. I'm your host, Barry Laminac. This is Barry on Deck. I'll see you in less than five minutes. Don't go anywhere. Stick around.
Hey, welcome back to hour number two of Barry on Deck. I'm your host, Barry Lavinick. Thank you guys for sticking around through the break. Those of you that did, those of you that didn't, can go have sex with your own persons. Just go, go do that. Uh, tell me where to get delicious seafood lunch, sir. I already did, Justin. I appreciate you, buddy. You're probably busy. Right before the fantasy updates, we did the read. Thank you, though, homie. Uh, I was telling Jen today, I was like, I'm so glad Justin reminds me of that literally every day. It uh, it helped. You have no idea how uh, helpful that really is. I swear to God. Uh, what does Jen say? What? Oh, uh, the, did, uh, okay. So let's do this before we actually get into, nah, it's good. Before we actually get into uh, Apollo Des, he's going to be joining me very shortly. I do want to tell you guys about the second annual Barry on Deck Streamathon. I'm so excited about this. We have so much stuff coming in even as we speak we're getting more things added to the raffle the auction items we've already had one item sell and uh we've got like the shoes are still available we've got some now four vip tickets to the whiskey social is there there's so much stuff to be had and guys we're raising money for zoe's outreach which is she's on the front lines of helping our communities she's does so much for the homeless and underprivileged kids and families in our area. In fact, she's doing a winter wonderland where she goes around to several different low income housing projects around the city of Houston and brings them Christmas and puts some joy in their lives. And otherwise when otherwise it just might not be there. And so last year we supported two charities, the positive black male association and Bay area turning point this year, we are hundred percent dedicated to Zoe's outreach. So every single dime, every single dime that we raise, is going to go to Zoe's Outreach. There's the raffle. There is the auction. There's so many ways to win. People are at We just added three pairs of tickets to see the UH Cougars play here in Houston. Three pairs, courtesy of Jeremy Branham and Donna. Donna's been killing it. You guys, we got Buffalo Wild Wings, uh, uh, or excuse me, um, Big City Wings gift cards. We got Kobo's Q gift card. We've got Dan's gift cards. We've got so much stuff in the raffle. You can win four tickets to... Um, be my guest at uh, my album recording next year. So tons of stuff. Please go check it out. The links are right there. Jen just posted the link to the auction. She just posted the link to the raffle. It's right there. Do me a solid, man. Pitch in. Help out if you can. It's super uh, easy to do. And, um, you know, we we all appreciate it. And we're all just trying to do our part to put a smile on some faces from folks that may not, may not otherwise be smiling this holiday season. So I love you. I appreciate you. And thank you so much for uh, all of your support in that. Now, uh, here we go. I promised you hour number two, I'd have a guest for you. We started to make this happen a couple weeks ago. I told you guys, I want to start doing more guests again. That was the original way of doing this show was having guests on. In fact, um... The way this started actually was during the pandemic when I was doing the show at ESPN at night, I would do these nightly live chats and I would interview people from all walks of life. You guys remember we had a veteran uh, or excuse me, a veterinarian and a veteran. We had a barber. We had just just different. My guy, Justin, who was owns ministry pass. And I was talking to Todd the other day, the owner of Hop Scholar, and he was like, dude, I loved when you interviewed local businesses. And I was like, well, you are going to love this coming week. Because I got a guy, self-made, that is killing the game right now. And uh, he's doing it from the media side of things, from the uh, clothing side of things. And you guys know him. Anybody in Houston just about knows him. So I want you guys to do me a solid and help me welcome to the show. Apollo Dez on the... Why the fuck does it say John Granado? What the fuck? <laughs> That's so disrespectful, Dez. I'm changing that right now. I know. Look, John, John sabotaged me. Look at that. Right? Look, uh, I'm just going to put Dez up. That's easier. Uh, Dude, how you doing, buddy? 
I'm good, bro. How are you? Oh man, fantastic. Life couldn't be better, man. You guys, uh, you guys going nuts during the holiday season or is this when you usually wind down? Uh, usually we'll wind down a bit, but you know, the startup life every, every day is the same day. So you got to keep going and pushing. So, um, it's, it's been good to, uh, to take a little breather with the, uh, lockout on the Astro side. Yeah. Um, but I'm ready to go. I'm ready to rock and roll here when the, when the calendar turns. Well, I tell you what, I was excited about this because I, you know, from afar I've watched and I'm like, dude, these guys have really built something special. First of all, how many are there at the Apollo media group? How many of, of you are there? There's a core four of us um, that we do a lot. And there's about like 10 other contributors that, uh, you know, from content to um, back end work, the producing, the editing, the, you know, coming up with merch ideas. So there's a, there's a good team of us. Uh, at one point early on, there's, uh, I think I had five pseudonyms, pseudonyms. I was like a, a secretary. I was doing all these different things just to make the brand bigger than what it uh, was. But uh, now, you know, we have a good solid core team that we're looking to grow every single day. So, uh, it's exciting. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Very cool. All right, I got to ask you because somebody in the chat was like, I feel like I'm watching a Blair Witch feed. Is your la- Are you on a laptop or a phone? Because it's like super shaky. Is it on? A, are you on the top of a uh, of a tower? <laughs> I'm on a laptop. I'll place it down. I, oh, it was on your lap, huh? It was on yeah, your was lap. lap. Ah, that's what it was. Yeah. That's what it was. So we'll fix it. We'll fix it. We'll oh, fix give me a we'll nice ball it. shot. It'll yeah, be, go lower. Give me yeah, the whole ball. No, I'm just kidding. Be, yeah. Uh, uh, no, sorry I, about that. No, all good. So there's four of you plus ten contributing, dude. That's a that's a big crew, man. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it, it's the m- mindset and focus of a of a team, right? Uh, I played college ball. Um, a lot of the guys have played sports as well. So it's it's always the team first before the individual, and the buy-in from that is super rare. And um, that's how we've gotten to where we are, and we continue going. Is just part of that DNA now. Where'd you play college ball? I played down at, uh, I call it the Harvard of the South, uh, Victoria, Texas, uh, NAIA ball, University of Houston, Victoria. Uh, okay. Played for old Terry Poole down there. So um, Nice. What, uh, what'd you play? Uh, I was, a, I was a, originally a catcher, committed to TCU, um, and then I blew my knee out. And so, you know, when you, you don't have one knee, uh, that scholarship's not going to be there. So <laughs> ended up going down to Victoria, and um, Terry Poole moved me to third base because I was uh, my knees are shot. So. Got to play four years of is third that what base they, Is that where they put people with bad knees as third base? Yeah, I thought it was first knees. base. Third base and first. Okay, they put me at first, and then we – I was uh, – I'm like six foot uh, in cleats. I'm really like 5'11", so I was like <laughs> I'm the shortest first baseman ever. And so we had a transfer come in that was like 6'5". I'm like, yeah, I'll, just, I'll go across yeah, the diamond. I'll be in like, the corner. Fine. I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> I got I got a catcher's arm, but also catcher's knees. I'll be fine over here yeah. at third base. So we're just, a, yeah, we can so, react so, a little bit. No moves like Biggio, right? Just straight down the middle of the field. You go from catcher to second to center, huh? You was more of a oh no, yeah. I'll be on the- I, Barry, I I stretched doubles to singles. I was not I was not a fast as you would say. You know, like that's uh, the OPS would have been a little bit better if I had a little speed because I stretched a lot of doubles to singles. What's your what's your uh, forty time? What's your forty time? Oh shoot, bro, the clock's still rolling, dude. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, why, that's why I could hit and had a good arm. Yeah, we weren't we weren't really cooking in for speed there. Do you know what? Uh, do you know what you hit? Do you know what your like lifetime batting average was? I ended I ended at three hundred lifetime in four years of college ball. Oh, I had to get a shit. hit in my last at bat. Oh shit! Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Good uh, for you. Yeah, my last my last at bat, I had to get a hit. I had to get a hit. I was like two ninety nine or whatever it was. So we get couldn't the even fuck walk out of here. Really? Yeah. Yeah, so I I was like, if I it was a three one count, I was like, man, I gotta if it's anywhere close, I'm swinging because I have to see another strike, hopefully, because 
I, I can't end my career at 299. I got a, a little a little duck fart broken bat, you know, floater over second base and oh. just rode off to the sunset. Yeah. Were you were you celebrating headed to first? Were you just oh, like, yeah, I, was, I did it. Yeah, I, I suck it. Like you just won the college the, World Series. I was about the Ricky hit. I was about the Ricky Henderson the bat. You know, for the curtain call, we're losing Today, like 11-5. I am the greatest. <laughs> yes. That would have been so great. Just get to first, pick up the bag. Guy. And then just walk off. Yeah. Be like, I'm out. I'm walk taking myself off. out. Oh, my God. That's hilarious, dude. All right. So you carry a little 300 average into retirement. That's 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 yeah. respectable, man. Hey, you know, I failed 70%, but, you know, C's get degrees. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, so so you, you played baseball for all four years, you said, right? Yes, sir. All four. Very cool. Please stop calling me, sir. Oh, my God. I will murder your fucking face. You call me sir again, Dez. What the fuck are we doing? All right. I'm not, I'm not All your right. dad, Dez. Hey, God I damn know. it. I know. I know. That's right. on me. Hand up. <laughs> so did you like, did you always want to play ball when you were a kid? Was baseball always it? It was like, that was your love, your passion? Yeah, I started playing when I was four years old, select travel ball really early on. Um, and that's all I, that's all I knew. Yeah. We, uh, we went to tournaments in like Tennessee when we were like five. Like we were Why? just what? the whole circuit travel ball. Yeah, were you just was, were you just wild. naturally that good at it, or was was it like your dad being a stage mom, like pressuring you, like had you out at night, smashing grounders at you at ten o'clock at night as a four year old? Stop crying, get up. Yeah, you're not hurt. Pow. It was a it, it was a hybrid of both, right? The helicopter parents and like how good we were. I think looking back, I think uh, at least like eight of us played, you know, college ball. Like from starting, if you look at our five year old team, like they all we all advanced to that type of level. Um, I do have a funny story for you. There was my, I think it was like my sophomore year. College coaches are starting to, you know, knock on the door and sending letters and shit. And um, we go to a perfect game tournament in Dallas. First game, I go 0 for 4 with four strikeouts. First time ever in my life, I struck out four times. My dad gave me a, my Sounds dad like gave my me a hundred dollar bill. <laughs> my dad, my dad gives me a hundred dollar bill and said, "Hey, you're gonna be with this family. Uh, I'm going home. I'm not gonna see. I'm not gonna sit here and watch you go 0 for 4." <laughs> I ended up. I ended up making the all tournament team. Uh, TCU was that was the first time TCU, you know, started getting on my radar as a sophomore. But I was like, "Dad, you, wow. you left me in Dallas with a, another family a after going dick. over." Did it? Did it make hey. you be like, "All right, I'm not going over eight to the, the I've got to get some hits. I got to get." We faced Dylan Bundy. He's he's in the show still. He's he's been in the show for like six years. It's not like I was a no one. Yeah. I was like, bro, like. It's Dylan. Like we knew who he was. Like yeah. you know, in the circuit, we're like, I'm like, he's still in '98. We're 14 years old. What am I supposed to do? '98. <laughs> His curve is literally nine to six. It starts over my head. It ends in my ankles through the strike zone. What the fuck do you yeah. want from me, Pop? Be better. Here's a hundred bucks. I'm better. out. Hey, yeah. I'm out. That is hilarious, dude. Wow. Yeah, we laugh about it now, but at the time, it was like, what are we doing here? Well, and, but but did, it, it was, was that motivation you needed, though, right? You're like, all right, I'm not oh, gonna embarrass pops. Sure. This is not enough for sure. That's yeah. a lot of pressure. And I was at 14, make, and you know what? I was gonna only spend about 10 bucks on food. I was gonna pocket the 90 bucks, and you know, I had I was the king of the world at that point when I went yeah, back to school. Right, dude, 14 <laughs> with 90 dollars in your pocket. Yeah, Are you kidding me? I was like, mom. I was killing it. So, so you uh, you go to you four years in college. You graduate. What was your degree in? Uh, criminal justice, actually. Um, my, my dad's a police officer. My grandfather was, I quickly, my sophomore was like, I don't want to do this. Um, 
So I was like, well, the school's paying for my college. I don't want to change majors and, you know, then be out of pocket. So I just started doing a bunch of minors, like, you know, business, psychology, marketing, psychology, all that stuff, just to, to utilize my credits, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, out of college, I was like, I guess I'll work in oil and gas and did a sales job. And I was like, I'm making the most money I've ever made in my entire life. I feel great. And then about three months in, I was like, I hate this. I hate sitting under fluorescent lights. I hate being at this desk. I hate cold calling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was quickly thinking, uh, and I've been, I'm very contrarian, right? Naturally. Uh, when everyone's zigging, I'm zagging, as you could tell with Apollo, when the, when the scandal broke, that's what we dove into the scandal on the, you know, embracing it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I, I don't want to do this. I, I want to do something else. And that's kind of then the, uh, when the Apollo seed started to grow, uh, I actually created a, um, a website called millennial sports network, got a logo paid for and all this stuff. Because I saw a gap in the marketplace, right? Barcelona was starting to blow up on the East Coast, making the switch from Boston to New York. The Ringer, uh, SB Nation, they were starting to, you know, throw their stuff all over the country. I was like, well, you know, there's the Houston traditional media, the radio, the, all these sports figures have been doing it for a long time. But the college gap, you know, there's there's something there. And I was like, well, let's let's try to hammer that out. And then quickly I started drinking out with my friends and forgot about millennial sports and was bouncing from job to job. And uh, in 19, I met Josh, who's the, the other co-founder in Apollo, and he's really good at everything I sucked at when I was trying to do everything. I was like, like what is that? What is, what, okay, yeah. He's, he, he's the Wozniak. He is the Wozniak behind Apollo. I'm just the Steve Jobs puppet. Uh, he's the one that, you know, is doing the edits, doing the, the creative artwork. ideas. He'll take a, the artwork. He'll take an idea from me and then put it on paper. I'm like, wow, that's a thousand times better than what I thought it was going to be. And so he doesn't like being on the camera. I do. And so it just works. And so this is, you know, Peter butter and jelly type type thing. And he had a video that went, it wasn't even viral yet. He had a, a family matters Astros video with the seven, the 19 team. And it was a family matters theme, super impressive, super creative. It had like 40 views. I was like, this should have 40 million views on YouTube. I was like, this is just one of the most creative things ever. I was like, how do you do this? And he's like, well, I don't know. I'm just, I just do it. I was like, this is my idea. You want to help? And he's like, yeah. And so it started there that Apollo seed and it's just morphed into this, this craziness that we're here today. So how did y'all meet? Were you just guys, just buddies, just hanging out online? No, just met online. Really? Uh, we actually, we launched Apollo February 24th of 2020 and then the world shuts down. I didn't meet Josh until March cause he was in Illinois and he, had, oh, he was shit. just moving back, but he was, he was stuck so like everything was online remote doing zooms and stuff like that so i didn't meet him till till march uh, wow when he finally got to move back yeah no we are it's a unique story very neat very unique and i want to get more into that but we have a question from the chat because you know this is live i told you that um yeah and and rob with the so smoking gooder show said uh would will he do that with his kids start travel ball that early it's a good question that's a good that's a very good question um Probably not because it shifted to just all around natural athletes. I was still in the mold of uh, you're going to specialize in one sport and you're going to play that sport. Uh, it helped for me because I was a catcher and, and, you know, all those skills translated throughout. But now it's just like whoever's an athlete, you, they'll find a way to put you on the field. And that playing basketball, playing football, playing soccer, uh, doing all that makes you a well, well-round athlete. And then you probably focus in high school. So to answer the question, no, I would never have my kid do that. Um, 
I would just have them play all the sports and, but it, and just be, you become know, a better athlete. It's so funny you say that. There's a guy I know. I don't know if you know Derek Jonkins, uh, but he's a trainer up here in the Woodlands. He trained the chick, the the Olympic diver that's from here. Um, but he's very good at what he does, and uh, he's always preaching that. He's always like, stop making your kids focus on one sport. If you want your kid to be great, let them try everything, let them play everything, let them do everything, and I promise you, not only will it make them better at the sport that they love, but they may find a sport that they love more and be better at, uh, Which, and I think it's a great message. Like, yeah, let, you can play, because like, I, I, for a while, I did one sport, and I would get burned out on it. And then I was like, okay, well, let me try this. And yeah, that, that burnout is a real thing, even for kids, man. I think that's a great message. Let the kids just play sports. They're kids. Let them be kids. But it brings up another question. How much did that focus help you get to college and get a, get a scholarship? Was it, you know, I mean, obviously you have to have the athletic ability to do it, but was it your dad driving you and leaving you a hundred bucks and telling you you're embarrassing me and, you know, uh, nonstop ball, fall ball, spring ball, you know what I mean? Was it, was that a benefit to you at all to help you get to the point where you got to, to get a, to get a four year degree and get your college paid for? Yeah, for sure. I think the, it's a, it's a slippery slope. And the fact that like, my dad always could read the room too, where like, Hey, we're, we're not doing anything. We're shutting you down. doesn't matter how much we pay for the tournament or what we're doing. Like you're hitting the wall, even though I'm not noticing I'm hitting the wall and taking care of me that way. Um, the other fact is like in high school and I saw it too full. Cause I just had this discussion with, with, um, with Braves Ashland on, on Twitter. She had, she had asked about it and I was like, well, it was, it was too full when, when freshman year came about, it was like, hey, I want to play I want to play football and baseball. You know, football in Texas in high school is religion. I was like, I want to be a part of that. Well, both head coaches were like, no, you got to choose one, football or baseball. So I was like, oh, I've been playing baseball my entire life. I'm going to do baseball. And that, I think, helped because I was very lucky that one of the guys in my hitting group that's similar to me, Tyler Naquin, he's been with in the, in the show for about eight years now. Uh, he got drafted 14th overall. He taught me the ins and outs of how to play and carry yourself at that level and start treating it like a business and, and stuff like that. And by the time I, my senior year rolled around, I saw the shift because I, my age group were kind of like, you're, you're playing one sport, you're doing it. And then that new incoming freshman class, they're like, no, we want athletes, play all the sports doing. I was like, oh, okay. I was on this back end of this traditional thinking and this new wave of just, hey, we're gonna, you're gonna play every single thing. And then, you know, you'll specialize whenever you, you or your parents or whoever sees it, we're like, okay, you're going to be a college baseball player. You're going to be a college football player, college basketball player. So it was really unique to see that shift because my freshman year was like, you're choosing one or the other. You're sitting down crossroads style. <laughs> and, the and then when I was even. a senior, yeah, everyone's like, no, play everything. I was like, what? You're you like, know? son but, of a bitch. No, I, yeah. I was like, I, my parents, my parents should have had sex three years you know, later. <laughs> I could have been a great punter or whatever. You, I don't yeah. Know. What was, what'd you want to play in football? What'd you want to be? Dude, I, I was a, I loved contact. I was a linebacker and tied in. We, you know, just go go tackle someone. I, I love doing that. But I'm five eleven. I would have not Insane. worked. I had that to would stop. Not, that would have not worked. My sport, my sporting career ended in eighth grade because I was always a small dude and like didn't weigh. Like I was super skinny, small, and, but I wasn't afraid to hit. I wasn't afraid of contact. I wasn't afraid of it. I just there comes a point when you in your development when everybody else starts getting like real muscles and getting bigger. And my didn't, I was just like, I was still a little twerp. I was like, okay, 
Okay, the track is it. The track is I can do track. The rest of the shit <laughs> I can't do the rest of this shit. And then I and then I and then I found girls, and I was like, all right, fuck track. I'm not doing that. Yeah, smoke yeah, cigarettes and chase hoes. Um, so <laughs> so I like the I like the angle. So you guys you guys met online. You and Josh, right? Met online to yeah. start the Apollo thing. How did you meet online? Was it because you saw the video and was like, hey, this should be viral. I want to help you. Yeah, I mean, it was the sense of like. I saw the video and I saw like, this is so creative. How does this not have a lot of views? I don't know how to do that. Can you teach me? And then very quickly, Josh was like, let me just handle this and do this. I was like, a hundred percent, let's do that. Um, and it was just really dumb luck. Honestly, it was. Now, uh, so I got to be honest with you. When I first saw you guys and saw what, uh, what I saw was the shirts, the t-shirts. And I didn't know if you were, cause then I started seeing like Apollo media and there's the podcast. So I, this may sound like a really shitty question, but I'm, this comes from a place of sincerity. Are you guys a media company? Are you a clothing company? Is the clothing side of things just to promote the media company? Like what is the business model? What is the business uh, that you guys are in? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, for the longest time when people were like, Hey, you're a t-shirt company. I hated it. Because my my goal and focus was like, hey, we're 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 a media company. I want to do what Barcelona and the Ringer have been doing. I want to bring that here. I want to embrace the city and do and explain Houston the way Houston should be explained. But then I realized our merch is really what blew up, and that's what got us in the door. And I was like, hey, I'm going to embrace this. This is just a short term thing, and I just view it as the merchandise is just now a pillar of Apollo. Now we're on the media content video side and growing that out. Um, it was tough during the pandemic, obviously, when we we're doing Zooms and doing all that stuff. And now as uh, we make the step, we finally got an office. We're doing things like that to grow that out. But um, I think it's a hybrid. Uh, I think we're, we're a little bit of both. And what got our, our name and our foot in the door was the merchandise. You know, when you see Carlos Correa and Lance McCullers and you know, now all the guys rocking the stuff, it's, it's, it's a testament to the team and, and just the ideas and the buy-in. So, um, that's the cool thing about it. And now just to parlay that into like the podcast, like you said, the YouTube content, the video content we want to do with the guys. Um, that's what takes us to that next step. How did the, how did the t-shirt thing come about? Was it just one of you guys had an idea like, Oh, we should print this shirt. It would be ironic and quirky and we might sell a few. Yeah. Uh, literally like that when, uh, so I had, it was right when the scandal was breaking and everyone, you know, the, the, the rats were fleet leaving the ship and i was like no let's go captain this ship let's let's everyone's zigging let's zag let's embrace it because no one nothing you say is going to change the perception of complete strangers on the internet no matter what no matter we saw it when Briggs and altuve did the you know apology right before spring training it didn't matter what they said that night they could have said that they'll name their first son after you know every single person that's mad at them it still wouldn't be good enough um i was like let's embrace it so i texted josh i was like hey let's do a H-Town versus everyone, you know, just take this mantra, let's just do it, let's let's embrace it. Um, this is the idea, can you put it on paper? And then I was like, also, there's a song, uh, ESG, Swinging and Banging. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to ask you no, about this, the H-Town the, versus everyone. So was that an idea you guys had as an original idea? Because you've seen, I've seen a ton of H-Town versus all y'all, H-Town versus everyone. Is that just one of those generic designs or was that something that you maybe saw? Because there are, I used to own a t-shirt business way back in the day. And uh, it's a brutal business, by the way. <laughs> and um, I, 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 
I remember some of the stuff that I would do, it was more like a gen, like every t-shirt company did those types of shirts, right? Or they had like a Dallas versus everyone or versus all y'all. Was that something like, are you the originator of that? Or was that just something that you were like, oh, they're doing this in Boston. Let's, let's do it for Houston. Yeah. So I, I think we're the originator in the sense of using like the H sound. I, I've seen the Houston versus everyone. The Astros even had it during the, the world series run. Uh, he's a versus everybody. The, I think the, all those faction off the H-Town versus everyone, I'm sure someone somewhere over the history of time had, you know, New York versus everyone or Boston versus everyone. Right. Uh, but the H-Town versus everyone and how it's splintered off through this ecosystem over the last, you know, two years is, is was our original concept, which I don't – I love to see all these different things because having an ecosystem that is competitive, one, but doing two, good content only elevates every single one around us, uh, whether that's content, whether that's shows, whether that's merchandise. Uh, having an ecosystem in Houston that everyone's kind of elevating each other in the sense, obviously there's competitors and, and there's stuff like that, but in this ecosystem of everyone is thriving, then the city's going to win. And if the city's winning, that means we're winning. So that's my mindset. Like when I see it, when the Astros are, you know, tweeting about it or, you know, another company's tweet, I'm like, I love it. It is, it's its own mantra now for the city to have. Let me tell you what, it is a difficult thing to embrace, but it is so true that a rising tide raises all ships. And it's one of the things that I've tried to remind myself as I've ventured out on my own is you've got to celebrate other people's success, especially friends. But you've got to celebrate other people's victories and other people's success, because at the end of the day, that's going to lead to more victories and more success. And it's like, for me, I've tried to embrace other people that do what I do in this show and some other things. And, uh, it's just, it, it, it makes sense, right? Like, I mean, that's what networking is. That's what, that's what building a community is. So I think you have the right mindset, dude. It's super important. It's, and it's difficult though, isn't it? It's difficult not to see a competitor succeeding and you get a little bit jealous you get a little bit envious. You get a little bit angry. Why Why are they getting that and I'm not? And it's such a difficult demon to fight. But I think when you, when you, when you are able to overcome that demon and just genuinely root for other people to succeed, man, it opens up the entire world to you. Oh, 100%. And look, I'm the, one of the most egotistical person. <laughs> I, I love a zero-sum game. There's a winner. There's a loser, right? There's, there's yeah. nothing else. That's how I'm wired naturally. I got to check that every single day I wake up. And uh, it was a lot of maturing. And I'm glad the other two times I tried to create what Apollo is now failed because I was not in the right headspace. I was, I was jealous. I was envious. I would be like, how are they doing this? But now it's a sense of like checking it every single day. And the fact that everyone, and like you said, the, the rising tide lifts all boats because everyone's going to win in some sort of way. And if they do something that I didn't even see, I was like, Oh wow. I didn't even, I didn't think of that shit. That's really cool. How can we, you know, facilitate that, help that grow that. Is that a whole new niche market within the niche market? You know, things like that. It just opens more eyes. And when you're like in a zero, zero sum game conquer, you know, put heads on spikes of Game of Thrones style. Now you're just the only big fish in a small pond instead of, you know, this ecosystem of all these fish. And so it, every single day, trust me, I got to check that at the door because I am very wired to win Same. or lose. Dude, um, it's, it's, it, it's so it's, natural, it's bro. I it's so natural though. Like I'll, I'll see other people that do shows or what I do. And I'm just like, man, they, you know, you see, like, you're like, you feel like I'm, I'm as good or better than them. Why are they achieving that? And then you got to check that. You got to be like, you know what? They're achieving it because they deserved it or they've earned it. And you got to go deserve yeah. it and earn it. And so 
it's 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 it could be a great thing if it motivates you. You know what I mean? Like it could be a great yeah, thing. Yeah, it's got to fuel you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh quick question from the chat, Christopher Reyes. I I know the answer to this, but you're the you're the expert, so I'll let you answer it as well. He said, "Can you copyright a saying?" Yeah, so no, in the sense of putting a city's name, you can't. You can't do that. You can't own a city's name. Um, there's some things you know that we we have a copyright on and, and stuff like that. But um, I just I view it as like this: the be someone sign. You know, it, it's over Houston. That's someone's IP. They created that. You know, that is their thing. But it's also a, something the city's rallied around. Around. You know, everyone knows the be someone sign when you see it on a someone's tattoo. Or shirt or whatever you know where you know where that sign is and so when i when i look at the h town versus everyone it's just like it's the cities now like any version of it is the cities and when you see it rocking even if it's not our design like just the concept and idea i was like that's fucking cool that's yeah. really fucking cool yeah that's a dope attitude dude I'm, I'm it's an amazing attitude good for you for having it that way and and what i remember from back in my day is you can't copyright a phrase uh or a say like you can't I had a shirt that said, uh, I don't remember what the fuck it was, but I looked into getting it copyrighted and they were like, no, you can't. For some reason, just a, a, a phrase or a saying, a work of art can be copyrighted. A book can be copyrighted. Sure. A song can be copyrighted, but a phrase you can't copyright. Now, the presentation of the phrase like Bruce Buffer's Let's Get Ready to Rum thing, you can absolutely yeah. copyright that. But for some reason, when it comes to t-shirts, dude, it's the fucking wild west and anybody <laughs> can the do wild it. West. Yeah. So that's just the, that's the, that's why I said operating in that space, boy, it's tough. Oh my God. It was so tough. Yeah. I hated it. It's a, but, but you guys yeah. are smart because you've got this other, you've got like these and, and I tell you what, to me, I don't, you say it's accidental, but to me, it looked like a stroke of genius because you've got a media, uh, uh, uh empire you're building a media conglomerate that you're trying to grow in the vein of barstool like you said right and one of the ways that you're getting eyes on that is through the merch and that is super smart and super intelligent and it's and it seems to be paying off have you noticed a direct correlation between podcast downloads and views and listens and interaction with the other parts of the apollo media side of things as the the shirt business has grown oh 100 percent um and it's twofold, right? You can, me and Josh can sit here for 10 hours and think of something like, oh, this is going to, this is going to fucking sell. We go to market and it doesn't. Or we do something on a whim like a versus everyone and it turns into this mantra. But uh, to now be able to work with the guys and, and one, build that rapport with them and know what they like. And like, for instance, the the Ryan Stanick shirt, It's a he loves tie-dye. He likes the Grateful Dead. So we did a him pitching, scold out with the flames, it looks like something right out of the, you know, seventies and eighties Then tie dye and then work with him, create the shirt, go to market, have his whole family wearing it, people rocking it on the field. And then in the Aussie, Hey, Hey Ryan, do you want to come on the podcast? That, that that's a very easy question to reach out to him because yeah, we have that relationship with them. And it's not, not a, Hey, Mr. Stanek, we want to come on random Bob yeah. Joe's podcast for, you know, 30 minutes where our whole angle is like, Hey, put your feet up kick back we're in the locker room let's just guys being dudes let's bullshit around i'm not gonna ask you for anything yeah how did you get how did you get how did you get to where you were you have access to those guys because that's not an easy thing to accomplish either i was in radio for seven years and even with espn behind me it could have been it was difficult at times to 
get access to some of these guys. That's that's no small feat what you were able to do there. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it's not giving the secret sauce away. It's just social media. Honestly, yeah. they, they're seeing what we're creating with the videos and the, the the community people. You know, tagging them when you know they're wearing shirts and stuff like that. Um, for like for instance, we just had Kyle Tucker on our podcast, and we had yeah, just did a shirt with him. He's just like. I like Game of Thrones. Can we just put me on a throne with bats and, you know, put it up? We're like, yeah, well, King Tut, boom, there you go. And then, well, you know, let's work together and, and do that. And then, you know, he comes on the podcast and got Kyle Tucker's smile for like 30 minutes. I don't think anyone, <laughs> and I don't think he is fan or MLB Network's been able to do that. So uh, to do that, it, it's really cool. And, and to grow that and, you know, shit, I want to do, hey, can we, can we tag up from third base on Kyle Tucker's arm and, and do a YouTube series? You know, like, just yeah. keep doing and keep doing creative shit with them. And um, the it just resonates that way. Now, do you have to go through the Astros to do all this? Or, or do the guys uh, do you yes just work no. directly with the players? Because I know sometimes... Work directly with the guys. Oh, that's good. That's really good. That makes it a lot easier, dude. Yeah. That makes it a whole lot easier. Yeah. I, and then the other thing is just the fact that, um, you know, if we're at the game and, you know, I think we got credentialed like the last four, four series of the year uh like being in the press box and stuff that's not our that's not our stick right it's it's being in the stadium drinking beers hanging out talking shit watching the game enjoying it um that's that's where we stand out and resonate and it's not this you know we're in the press box you know everyone's gonna read the same stuff it's there's no difference it's like hey let's go let's go meet up at the st arnold's you know fifth inning let's go let's go bullshit around how are you doing blah 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 let's buy a drink let's you know let's hang out how do you feel about the astros you know losing three games in Anaheim and our lead's only five now. Like that, that's, yeah. that, that goes further than us um, being in a press box. Absolutely. Donna said their, their best podcast was with Brent Strom. Yeah, that was, uh, that, that was our best. We, we got him uh, before game four of the world series is in his hotel room. Amazing. Uh, How'd you do that? Jeez. That's we, a we had, we got job. very, very blessed. Someone, someone in our community. <laughs> I, I don't want to, no, absolutely. Really. You they like got to, us yeah. And uh, we got we had 15 minutes with Brent, and then he was like halfway through. He's like, "Hey, boys, let's keep talking." And I was like, "Yes, sir. Like, okay. let's let's keep talking baseball." Yeah, and that guy, I, I see why all the players love him, and and just I felt like I could th- throw game four of the World Series just by talking to him because <laughs> he just loses confidence just naturally. Like I was just like, I feel like I could pitch tonight for the Astros. I, that's just. <laughs> the way he carries himself and just through a zoom, I just like, I get it. I get why all the guys buy in and I get why he's just a leader of men and to talk to him for, I think it was like 32 minutes or whatever it was, but I was like, I it felt like three hours. It was, it was, it was special. Very cool. Uh, I had another question. Oh, so you mentioned not being in the, in the press box and the, you know, the, the boring shit. And it is, it is when you first get into the media, whether it's your, you're a beat writer for the Chronicle or the athletic or even radio or t- when you first get into that, it's, it's new and it's cool, but you quickly realize that place fucking sucks. Best seats in the house. Don't get me wrong, but it is so you can't like, there's this stigma of not being able to root in the press box. You don't cheer for the Astros in the press box. And quite honestly, in the media as a as a as a member of the media and radio or tv or even the newspaper you're not supposed to be a fan you're supposed to be objective and that is a very old school train of thought 
And what I love and what I'm a little bit jealous and envious of because I didn't come up like that. When I started radio, you know, I had guys like fucking old ass Barry Warner yelling, hey, you don't don't cheer in the press box like, bro, you're about to die. So that's probably take that rule with you. But that's what it was like. Right. What's amazing is that you guys kind of get it. This there's this whole new era of media coming and it's already here in a way. Where, like, for example, I give people a lot of shit, especially in media, when they say we, uh, referring to the team. Like, it's a big no-no in the in the media community as a whole. But what you guys have done is niched down. You've found this new fine line to walk between being media and being fans. But it's so much more relatable to people. And at the end of the day, that's what the media is all about, is people. It's bringing the stories and the information to people. And I think it's genius what you guys are doing because you're saying, okay, you guys sit over there and be stuffy. I'm going to go sit with the people and have a beer with the people. And then I'm going to sell the people a shirt. And then the people are going to listen to my podcast. And the people are going to be sick of your boring stuffy shit because I sit in, 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 the, in the Crawford boxes and say we with them. It's genius, dude. Yeah. It's fucking genius. Yeah, it the really whole, is. The whole thing, the whole thing's we're not conformists. And it goes back to when everyone's zigging, we're going to zag. We're disruptors of the marketplace. That is our, uh, I guess that'll be our mission statement. I'll put up on the fucking wall. We'll put it on your <laughs> Do it. Disruptors you got to send me a photo. I got to uh, see it. Oh, that'd yeah. be dope. Because it just, you, you nailed it, right? Everyone knows what story you're going to get from A, B, and C person. And it's, it's, it's not there. Like you want to hear Barry, you just hit a home run in game seven of the world series and your family was in the, in the crowd. How do you feel? No shit, you feel good. You did <laughs> yeah. a home run in the Game 7 World Series and your family was there. No, like, let's get into it. Let's. What were you seeing out of bat? What were you doing? You know, let's bullshit around. You took a fucking hack there and you missed it. Were you, were you, you know, dial back or you're going to still swing for the fence? That's the fine, fine line we can we can do. And it's it, it resonates with the guys. Like, we wouldn't be doing it if it didn't, doesn't resonate. And that's the secret sauce. Uh, we're going to keep doing it. Um, but just knowing – we're in the content business, but we're in the people business. What if I'm consuming content, it's probably me bullshit with all my boys, you know, in the group message yep. about some story. And that right there is content galore. What we're saying back and forth. That's riffing. That's what people want to see. And that's what they want to feel about when they consume our content. And that's what's always our model going to be um, because it makes the most sense to everyone else, except I guess the people in the, in the press box. Exactly. Well, and you got to understand, dude, anytime somebody like, Apollo media comes around, you start to threaten, uh, the establishment, right? I mean, that's what Barstool did. Mm -hmm. Barstool threatened the yeah. Barstool made it okay to cuss and be crude and crass and, and, and do all this crazy shit and still gain follow. Do more people would rather watch Pat McAfee and, and consume Barstool stuff than listen to old school radio stuff. I, that's just, Especially now there is the there is a market for that. And there's, you know, the 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 uh, what's Colin Cowherds of the world and all that shit. Yeah, there's going to be a market for that. And they're they're going to be on the platforms that that allow that. What the hell is this? Is not enough space to continue recording the shit. Uh, well, my recorder just stopped. That's OK. We're still live. Um, OK, but it, 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 you know, so but that slowly goes away at some point because these new younger fans are going to come up and it's, they're going to see that they have a, a new way to consume this man. And it's just, you threaten the establishment and they don't like it. They don't like it. And, and they, they're, they're too big to adapt. 
right? I mean, you look at yeah. you look at newspapers. They didn't adapt to the internet, and they were too big. They relied too much on putting a, a newspaper on everybody's driveway. What? Yeah. That's so archaic now. Like, could you imagine having to go and leave a cassette tape of your podcast on everybody's <laughs> fucking driveway? And then get them to subscribe with a, I'll send you a check for $30. And okay, we'll have a guy bring a tape by and fucking leave it. What? So, and yeah, radio and they, saw the same thing, dude. You had to adapt to podcasts and now they're trying to be in the podcast game, man. And I just, what you guys are doing is so smart and so important. Uh, I, I love it, dude. It's, 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 do you, what, what do you, when you sit down, do you, I don't know if you guys have a business plan, but do you have goals and, and what are those goals? Do you have like, here's where we want to be and here's how we're going to get there? Yes and no. I mean, it, it's a startup life. So every single day is the same day. It's, it's literally Groundhog Day with a little bit of twist different. Um, but we're, we're learning as we go. Like today we sat down, we're starting to map out Q1 uh, for next year. And I've already told this, I, I've told it to a lot of people, like we're going to do an Apollo house in spring training. We're going to be there for two weeks. We're going to find a, a, an advertiser to put all their beer stuff all over the house. We'll drink all their stuff, consume it for two weeks out there. But have a place where the guys can come in, uh, do podcast interviews, uh, a gaming setup where they can come in and game Xbox, a Switch, PlayStation, uh, a pool, hoops, whatever, whatever it is. So when they're leaving off the field and they're coming to kick, hang out with us and do content, it's not a chore. It's not a scheduled interview. It's hanging out, being themselves, and, and, and kicking back. So doing things like that and thinking like that um, for big content ideas is what we're doing. And then the grander scale of the business plan and model um, is fluid because all, like you said, all these traditional radio and all these big time, I just view them as a big airship carrier, right? They're in the ocean and they're huge, but it takes a long fucking time to turn that son of a bitch around, right? Where we're in a jet ski or speedboat and we're moving in and out, we can keep doing that. So um, there's, there's going to be some growing pains in that. And, and, we're figuring oh, it out me. as we go, but <laughs> oh, trust me, <laughs> yeah, I, I understand you know, the that, growing pain that side of shit. Turns around, but um, yeah. But the cool thing is, like, if we do a content idea, and we talked about it with with some of the guys, where we almost we're triage surgeons, right? There's three there's three people right here on the ground. We got to put all our time and effort and little capital that we have into one of these ideas. We have to be really calculated with that because. The money we're investing and the time we're investing on a project, it has to hit. So there's three things we can't try to save them all. We got to, all right, this is the person. No, can't save you. Can't save you. This is the person we're going to save. And we're going to be 100% full in, full ass into this idea uh, and go. And that's, I think that that's what's the secret sauce of Apollo is because we're, we're almost pot committed. Like we, we have to hit on this um, where we're not spread out and doing all these different things. It, it just doesn't work. So that's what really resonates with with the people in the communities we're we're pot committed to this idea we're all and it may flop 100 percent. we've had ideas that flop but we've learned from it hey why did this and then you can almost reverse engineer it where did it go wrong okay oh it just went wrong here that's where we messed up or hey the idea just sucked that yeah. happens too it's constant oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. everything's not gonna hit so uh there's a lot of it's a it's cool and i i mean you know it as well right there's a lot of burns on your arms really early on in, 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 this, in this shit, but it's cool to look back and be like, Oh, I remember when this, this was a, a bad burn, but now it's just a little scar. 
Yeah. And that's that's the cool thing. That's just the mindset you got to take. You can sit there and cry about all the burns you have. I mean, that's the startup life. But you can look back and be like, oh, that's a really cool scar. And you have a story to tell. I think that's a lot cooler. And that's now, do you I guys do use the merchandise side of things as a as an infusion of capital in some ways where you'll be like, oh, hey, we need we need to raise a thousand dollars. We need to raise five thousand dollars. Let's let's get a shirt design that'll be hot and it'll sell and let's let's pump it out and let's see, you know, let's raise some capital. Is that is that a is that a, a thing you guys do? Yeah, that's that's all we've done. Grassroots. We haven't taken any outside money. Um, it's all been organic grassroots through the community and, and recycling it all. Obviously they'll come to a spot where we have to do the, the, the rounds and start getting that to get to where we want to go. But right now it's been able to, um, have a, a set floor and a pretty high ceiling because we control what we have to do. And so, uh, we'll get there eventually. And, and, you know, when the capital influx comes and we go through the rounds and that only elevates us, but right now just using what we have to recycle through is what is a lifeline. That's great. Well, and you know, you guys are doing well. You just, you're in your new offices that just recently uh, you signed the lease on and opened up. Tell everybody about that. How'd that come about? Yeah. Um, so there's a, there's a guy named Din man. Uh, he's on big on Astros Twitter. He got us connected over with the Canon and uh, we're over here in the Galleria. It's a, a one little room that we're in that we make shift and uh, you know, just our, our little home now. And so it was, it, it was a big step for us in the sense of now where Apollo 1.0 is over and done with the kids in their, you know, houses on zoom all over the city, you know, creating stuff um, that that's kind of dead. Now we're, we're, we're jumping out of the nest. There's no safety net. There's no like, Hey, I don't want to really w- want to work today and go to my living room and throw on Netflix. You know, I can't do that. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, we're committed to this, to this place. And now, you know, we do have an overhead now that we have to hit and strive and hit numbers to do. Um, but it was just a good, good stepping stone for us, a centralized location. So if the guys want to come in and do content, they're not driving to, you know, Tomball where I live or, you know, Cypress where Josh lives, like just it's here, it's a centralized location. So, um, it's a huge step for us. We're, we're definitely pot committed. Hopefully we'll hit that next ace on the turn. Well, so who comes up with the ideas for the shirts? Who's, uh, who's responsible? Is that a team effort? I, re- I know you said you have a team of four. Is that the, what the other 10 guys are? Or like, how does, how does a shirt start to finish, uh, work with you guys? Yeah. So it, it's a collective. Like if someone has an idea and that's the thing with checking ego at the door, right? Like I, you have an idea, you bring it to the group, uh, and it starts rolling and going, it may not be the, what you envisioned when you first brought it up. But the end result is going to be badass. Uh, you just got to trust the guy next to you, uh, you know, basic coach sports talk. But um, doing that and be able to work with someone that is also maybe more gifted than you. I, all these guys are way more gifted than me. I have an idea. I'm be like, hey, let's do this. And they're like, okay, sit down, child. Let the adults handle it. And then they take it and go and, and create. And so to see that process go all the way through, um is really cool but then to see the guys wear it or see the community where we show up like for instance we went to we had a lot of watch parties at kobo's right um we did a lot of stuff with him and seeing people show up uh wearing the stuff it's and never it's never not weird and it's never not really fucking cool um i'll never get over it and seeing it in the wild is 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 crazy i i think for the longest time i was the only person that didn't see anyone wearing apollo stuff oh, like really? at the astros games or yeah Friends would tell us, oh, I just saw this shirt, just saw this map, blah, 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 blah. I'm just like, 
I've never seen anyone wear it. Like, I, like it was, I was, it was this like ghost I was chasing. And then finally at this Astros game, I had given up. I'm just like, I'm never going to see it. I'm never. And then I saw two people wearing it at the ultra club uh, up in the nosebleeds. And I was like, let me buy you drinks. Thank you guys for wearing this stuff. And oh, that's like, so cool, Are dude. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. So I, so I I'll always remember that. Um, but it, it's, it's never not weird and never not really freaking cool. And dude, exactly what you just said is why if you keep that, that attitude, if you keep that mindset, uh, you guys are always, it's when you start, um, expecting it's when you start, uh, demanding. And when you start not appreciating that people are still wearing your stuff or, you know what I mean? Like the fact that you would go up to them and say, Oh my God, thank you so much. Let me buy you drinks that's why you'll always be successful this that that goes so much further than the best business plan and and marketing ideas and everything else dude just getting out to people and saying thank you and buying them a fucking drink man that's genius of you bro good for you uh that's how you do it um what uh wh- how many do you how many shirts do you have like a target like we want to do like five shirts a year 10 shirts a year or whatever not really. I think this year, like last year was our first full year, right? The, we launched in, in February. Sports weren't around till you know, August. Even then it was a sprint. So last year was our first full year of sports. So I think it, I view it as that first time we launched was a trial period. Last year was our first year. And so um, it's, a, it's a slippery slope of not messing with the ecosystem and oversaturating it yourself. Um, and two, working with the guys and creating stuff. So um, building those relationships in the off season, knowing what they like, what they don't like. I mean, I'm not going to drop a, you know, a Jose Altuve fishing shirt if he doesn't like fishing. Right. And, but like some people would do that just because they maybe saw one time he posted on Instagram, but maybe it's like, oh, he just did that for an ad deal and people don't know that. They just think that. Yeah. It's understanding and knowing the guys. Um, so I'm not going to ever say like if a pro, if a pro player was like, hey, let's do this 100%. Let's do that. And if that's, two times every month, that's 24 shirts that I didn't expect us to do, but if they're, they want us to do it, we're going to, we're going to rock with them. Um, but the other side, the, the shirts and ideas, it just kind of comes naturally. Like the Verlander news broke. We did, we just did a loyal to the soul shirt. It's him doing calisthenics and we got a still photo of his hands out like that. So it looks like he's Dom Toretto in, in Brazil saying this is Brazil. And it just says loyal to the soil. That's just something, you know, right there on the spot we thought and created yeah. um, and did. Um, so those things kind of, pop up but like uh, it, it's not having the team trying to find the next h town versus everyone because then it's just force it's going to come to us Chasing, whatever yeah. way it is yeah, yeah. so it's it, it's a slippery slope because you're you you want to you want to stay proactive but you also don't want to fall back into some sort of like comfort but it, the idea is going to come to you it's, it's always going to be there do you guys and this may be too inside baseball no pun intended and you don't have to share it with me if you don't want to um, but so back in the day, uh, 2009, I started a website called the cage door.net where I covered local MMA. It was the only, and, and trust me, what you guys are doing, like niching down into Houston Astros and stuff doing this, I'm very broad. I'm very wide scoped. And I see the struggles of that. Whereas opposed to back in the day, I had a website that only focused on Houston MMA and it blew up at one point we were like, one of the top 25,000 websites in the country. And that was just doing shit. Houston MMA shit. Like, well, Jason David Frank, the, the green Ranger punched a kid in the back of a locker room and we fucking went viral. And so it, it was great. <laughs> like, Cause I, we covered it, but 
Uh, but back then, so uh, back to the topic, Barry, I made a shirt. We used to make shirts to promote the website. That was what we did, kind of like the thing you guys are doing. And uh, I made a shirt to say, what would Joe Rogan do? Because that was back when the what would Jesus do bracelets were real popular. Yeah. So I had a WWJRD shirt made and had his, it wasn't his actual picture. You know the rules. You can't put, but I took like mm-hmm. a, I, I artistically changed it so that it was on the shirt. And I was so fucking excited about this, Daz. And I, I tagged him on. I was like, hey, check out these shirts. This is what would Joe Rogan do? And he private messaged me props to Joe Rogan. He goes, bro, you can't use my face on your shirts without asking me. <laughs> I was like, what? He's like, you just can't go around <laughs> selling shirts with my fucking face on it without asking me, getting permission, or giving me the, some of the money. I was like, oh, uh. He goes, I tell you what. Give my half to charity. That's how cool of a dude Joe Rogan is. He did. I didn't That's get a cease sick. and desist. I didn't get. I just got. Just whatever you make, give half to charity. I was like, yeah. Bet. So, do you guys work out a deal with these guys? Because I know some some cats. You know this. They'll be like, hey man, I want half of everything, or I want in on this, or I want that, or and some of them like, I don't give a shit. Make it. Have at it. I got you know millions of dollars. You guys do what you do. I appreciate the promo. How 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 are you work out these deals with them? Yeah, it's both. Um, it's it's kind of just being goes back to having that rapport with them, right? That emotional equity, I call it. Um, if, if if you have a bad conversation with them, that's that's a a charge, <laughs> right? You just you just swiped your card, and that emotional equity just went down a little bit. You got to build that back up. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's twofold: talking, laying ground rules. Hey, what do you want to see? What do you envision? Do you want to do a charity? You want to do a profit share? Do you want to? Um, do you care, you know, just, Hey, you know, promote your, promote your stuff. Very so, cool. And so um, you have all three kinds, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's, it's just fluid being fluid, being that, that, you know, jet ski. Very cool, dude. This was outstanding, man. I was so curious, uh, and so, uh, amazed and proud of what you guys are doing in this market, man. And I just, thanks for joining me. And I just want to tell you, dude, keep killing it, man. Cause you guys are doing amazing shit, Des. And I love seeing it and, uh, keep doing it. And I'm a big fan. I gotta, I gotta tell you, man, I'm a big fan of what you guys are doing. So keep at it. I appreciate that, man. You're a legend. And oh, stop hey, that. Stop. Do, that's twice now. For real, dude. Stop it. Stop. I told you. I already told you. I'm going to say it again. I know you had Granado's name up. It's fine. I'll talk to That was Don. such a fail. I, you should have seen what I had. You know who Kiki Maroon is? She's a burlesque dancer out of Houston. She... I brought her I on. I had like know. I had some dude's name on her shit. I always... Man, I got too much shit. See, Des, you got fucking <laughs> nine people. I'm a one man. I got me and my and Jen. You're and, a one and, man shop. Like I literally have to do all that. Now Jen is amazing, but yeah, when it comes to this this side of it, I got no help, huh? So yeah, I, I'll fuck yeah. some shit up in a second. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but dude, um, keep doing what you're doing, man. I'm I'm I'm. How can the people find you? Chris Reyes had asked what's his social media, so I put up the Twitter which I had. But how can the people find Apollo and you and everybody else? Yeah, uh, main handle is at Apollo HOU. That's on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, mine's Apollo Des One. I'm always shit posting on there and interacting with everyone. Uh, but yeah, follow us on on those socials and you know the merch site and all that's all linked. Uh, you can see it there. So um, it's uh, it's exciting and 
man, let's let's keep cross collabing and doing some cool shit. For together. sure. By the way, I was gonna buy a goddamn shirt because you know I gotta be honest. I'm a t-shirt guy. I wear a different shirt. I try to wear a different shirt every day on this show. And I went to buy a fucking my first Apollo shirt at Kobo's when I went out for my homie. Says we mutual friend. Kobo's my dude, yeah. man. I went out for the grand opening, and I was like. <gasps> Dez is going to be there because you and I hadn't met. It was all online. I was like, I'm going to go say what's up to Dez. I'm going to buy a shirt. Bro, you were gone. I was like, this motherfucker's already in bed. So I'm going to have to. I, I don't, don't want to order online. That's too impersonal. Uh, but I'll, I'll I'll definitely get me one. Uh, and, and I can't wait to see all the success you guys have, man. Keep killing the game, dude. I appreciate it. Thank you, Barry. All right. That is Apollo Dez, you guys. And that is another edition Barry on deck, man. Thank you guys for being here. Thanks for hanging out. My my uh my thank yous go out to Apollo Dez and the Apollo crew, man. They are doing fantastic shit. Very proud of those dudes, man. They're changing the game and the landscape of media in this city. And uh, you guys should keep supporting them, man. Cool shit. Very cool shit indeed. Hey, tomorrow, uh, another show playing. I don't even know what's on the agenda. I have no idea. We'll figure it out. So until then, uh, do me three favors. Be safe. Be kind. And most important, love each other. See you tomorrow. YouTube video!